from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. It's a dark time, but there will be football again. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. I'm Ryan from Rogue Analytics as well as RGR Football on YouTube. Want to thank you for hanging in there. It's a new week. A lot going on. We're brought to you this week, and this episode in particular is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, as well as all the parts your car will ever need. There's a lot to talk about, and I just want to start uh, with this opening segment. We're going to talk with Matt Derrick here in a few minutes, but I know it's been a tough few days, uh, especially um, it's Monday evening as I record this. Uh, The weekend was long. I know everybody's in a tough spot. I saw a lot of positivity coming out of Kansas City, and you guys know that I don't live in the area, but I just want to say keep your chins up. Everybody stay positive. Try to understand one another. And I feel like Kansas City is doing a, a better job than a lot of cities around the country. And that's uh, a credit to not only the people that live there and the people that police the area, but everybody trying to understand everybody else. It's a difficult thing this country is going through right now. All football fans are created equal in this situation. And it's something that teams are starting to make statements, all kinds of things. I'm not going to address any of those here because I think that's that's up to the people that w- are making those statements. I just want to say that it's a tough time and everybody needs to do what's best for them. Be heard, be calm, keep your brain about you, uh, and, and realize that at the end of the day, we're all Americans. And I feel like football is something that brings us together. I hope that it comes back sooner rather than later. But in the meantime, try to treat each other with respect and move from there. I do feel the football is going to be back. A lot of the indications before uh, everything has really uh, exploded across the country was that the NFL feels like they're going to get back to football soon as well. And I, I feel like that is not only good for the league, who you're going to hear me talk about in a minute. I, earlier today, I was able to record with Matt Derrick. Uh, the audio was was not the, the uh, correct way that you'll normally hear me because we had to use a a different uh, apparatus to record, not our normal online recording site. So it's been a bit of a challenge, but bear with me. There's a little echo, but it's not terrible. So, uh, but I do want to say, but right now it could really be good for everybody who's a fan of the league and for the, the nation in general, have a little healthy competition, have something else to focus on. So today we'll attempt to get back to that. And we'll talk some real football. I have a lot coming for you, some things that I've already recorded. Uh, a great film review I will have up Wednesday night on the RGR YouTube channel on Legereus Sneed. We'll talk about that as we go forward as well, but wanted to let you know about that now. Um, it is a strange week, but one that we can move forward with and make sense of what we can make sense of. And thank you for taking the time to listen to us. Uh, what is... Uh, an extravagance compared to what else is going on in our world right now. So when we get back, we'll talk with Matt Derrick, a lot of interesting stuff about where they're going, who's doing what, um, information that came from the coaches and the players themselves. And I think we'll start talking about Chris Jones and and what this is going to look like. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use on important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or 100% more on the same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. 
They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see the parts that are available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Welcome back, folks. We need to talk about a bunch of different things, but uh, luckily we have somebody who knows something because Matt Derrick came back to the show. How are you, Matt? I'm hanging in there, Ryan. I hope you guys are doing well. Yeah, hanging in. I have more questions than answers, as usual. So you know, I usually have more questions than answers too. So, well, then I don't feel as bad. But I know you're going to know something about this. I mean, um, the one thing this whole off season that we've been kind of, I mean, not tiptoeing, but it's been just hanging out there, and it looks like it's going to continue. Right? It, any anything that you take away from where the status is with Chris Jones and the organization, and what we might be looking at? Well, you say tiptoeing. I mean, everybody's tiptoeing, and particularly Chris Jones and the Chiefs are tiptoeing through this. Um, there's nothing really happening. I mean, no, Chris Jones has not been taking part in any of the, the off-season virtual workouts. Um, not entirely to be unexpected, because he, he didn't participate last year when they were in person. Uh, and right now, he's not under contract. Yes, he's, a, he's technically on the roster, because he's been franchise tag, and they have to count him. But he's not under contract. So, you know, normally in these situations, players don't work out. So there's not really a reason to believe with the virtual environment that that would change. Um, but no, I mean, it doesn't seem like that anything has really been different. I mean, for I, I really the last 18 months, these two sides have talked, but there hasn't been serious negotiations, not like serious offers where you're, you're, you're like talking dollars and exchanging them back and forth on paper. I mean, uh, Brett Veach and, and Chris Jones's agent, the Katz brothers, they continue to talk, but there's doesn't seem to be any progress. And I, you know, we've got a July 15th deadline coming up where if the, if Chris Jones doesn't have a new deal in place by then, the only thing he can do this season is play under the franchise tag. And six weeks out, it's increasingly hard to believe that they're going to be able to just suddenly get a deal done. And I, and the way that the Chiefs have operated as far as managing the cap this offseason, it's clear that they have been doing it under the auspices that they are going to pay Chris Jones of the franchise tag. Yeah, it is a tall order. Uh, that dollar amount just by itself, I, I agree with you. I don't see any progress, but I know there's always that concept that, oh, a deadline will push them to come to a, to a, to a decision. I just don't, I don't feel like any of it. If you haven't had any serious headway in 18 months, the last six weeks, while you might feel the impetus to get it done, I don't know that at least the groundwork to actually accomplish it. Yeah, and, and like we've been talking of late, I mean, it's also a, a byproduct of the, the environment that we're in. I, now, I don't know that if we, we didn't have the, the pandemic going on and that we had all of these questions out there and uncertainty about the future, that we wouldn't be in a similar situation. We probably might very well be in a similar spot. But that's the increasing you know difficulty is that no one is signing long-term deals right now. It's just not happening. So in that sense, there's absolutely no reason to believe that these two sides are suddenly going to get together. I mean, there are just literally too many obstacles 
That's why I, I just don't think that anything's going to get done. Now, what you could look to is, you know, is this a similar situation like what, what the, the Ravens had with Matt Juden? Ah, I don't think so. Because, you know, the, the difference between those two sides was more about the designation and the tag and what he was going to get paid, whether he was a defensive end or an outside linebacker. And they ended up meeting in the middle. That's not what this is. So, you know, you could say, hey, you know, Chris, we'll meet you halfway between defensive tackle and defensive end, give you a few more dollars, get you signed, get you in here. But that's not what this dispute is. So I, I don't know that that would necessarily solve it. Um, at this point, I mean, I, I think that if you're the Chiefs, you're probably just hoping that July 15th comes around. Chris Jones will sign his franchise tag, shows up for camp on time, and you proceed 2020 just like he did last year. And it's really the process of sacrificing what you're able to do in 2020 for the long term, right? Because I think clearly the reason this hasn't happened is because that investment of what we're talking about 28 plus a year at this point, if we, if we look at some of the other contracts this offseason, I think that puts them in a hole, especially with the Mahomes thing coming and everything else. But that's got to be biting the bullet with the tag number this season so that you don't tie yourself up for coming seasons. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a tricky thing. I mean, is that you could say that if, if the Chiefs were going to sign Chris Jones, they could absolutely get some salary cap relief this year. But the reality is, is that, you know, over a period of time, whatever that contract would be, you're probably going to pay him about $16 million anyway. I, I don't think that you're getting over a, you know, a three or a four year deal, if it's, you know, a four or five year contract with some outs in it, that you're getting Chris Jones for anything less than that. So to a degree, I mean, you're, you're probably paying what it would cost you for a year of Chris Jones anyway. Now, the alternative would be that if you were going to try to move him, then you would save the $16 million cap hit and get some resources in return. But I don't think that it's, it was, there was ever really that on the table because I think that once again, in this environment, I didn't see a team that was willing to give up the draft picks that the Chiefs would want and then turn around and have to give that long-term deal that, once again, no teams are giving out. So it's been a really, I mean, it's, it's the, to a degree, it's a little bit of the, the circumstances. But then it's also, I mean, it goes back to this. This has been going on for 18 months. These two sides have been that far apart. And I don't sense that there's any acrimony. I don't think that there's any bitterness on either side. But, you know, it's, I think it's been pretty clear that uh, neither side is really interested in maybe negotiating too hard as far as just putting out numbers out there and trying to get it done, because I think that they probably realize that they are that far apart. Yeah. And a trade value, I agree with you. I think it has to go out the door as soon as the draft began, because nobody knows you better than the team that has you. And if they're not willing to pay you straight forward right off the bat, it doesn't really send a big seagull, especially when there's, there's nerves about cap dollars and everything. And the fact that, I do want to say this because I don't want to make it sound like he's being super greedy or anything like that. You got to get what you can get for sure your career is, but not attending the, the off season and that kind of thing. That's normal when you're not on a contract. He can't be fined. None of that applies because he's not technically under a contract right now until he signs that tender. Right. Right. And, and the only thing that will be different and see what happens is that now the penalties under the new CBA are, are a bit more penalizing. When it comes to guys who do hold out once training camp comes along, mm -hmm. um, for one, the fines for missing the first few days of camp, you can't waive them anymore, which teams used to be able to do and just say, hey, bygones, we like go out bygones. Now you can't do that anymore. And then two, there's a, it's a date in early August where if you don't report, you're not getting an accrued season. 
So that messes up a whole lot of things. So, you know, if you're, if you're a player in this situation, you're a veteran of holding out and, and uh, technically Chris Jones wouldn't be holding out since he's not under contract technically. Um, but you know, it's, that that changes the changes the dynamic a little bit. So that's why, you know, it, this probably will not last too long in the training camp. And I and like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if it's in, ends up like last year in Chris Jones, moment training camp, you know, starts. He shows up at the last minute. I think we're kind of headed in that same direction. I will I won't be surprised at all. And you know, at the end of the day, I think that's what it's about. And we don't even know if that date is gonna hold true. Training camp's gonna open when it really needs to. When we get back, we're going to get into that and how this is going to move forward for the Kansas City Chiefs. In my house, we've been going through all the flavors of Built Bar. Built Bars are the protein bars that taste like a candy bar. There's 16 amazing base flavors, and they always have something new, special additions, or whatever comes to their mind. And, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're perfect for a health-conscious guy or a family like mine. They help you lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious snack that you can go back to over and over again. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, but they're high in fiber and high in protein. They're somewhere between 110 and 170 calories, and they always have low net carbs. They're a great snack and something that gives you the macronutrients that you need. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Okay, so we talked before the break about the rigmarole, about Chris Jones himself. And then I think that, like you said, will work itself out when it comes to it. The question for me is, you don't have anybody that can pass us exceptionally well. You didn't add anybody in that can go inside unless you think that Taco Charlton can play three-tech consistently. So there isn't another option on the roster. You are locked into this thing, like you said, that you can't be waived. Uh, it, it, the impetus is on the player to be there it's because they don't want to lose in a crude season. So you really are stuck that this is the roster you're going into. It's when he shows up. But the question for me is, when do they start? I know that they're talking about this week as we speak that the head coaches are going to be able to start filtering back into their uh, perspective buildings. From your take and from what we heard from the coaches late last week, do you feel like they're on track and that they feel comfortable with where they're going? And how fast do you expect this timetable to accelerate? Yeah, it, it certainly seems like that the coaches are pretty comfortable at this point at moving on to that stage. Um, then now today, the team, you know, teams were allowed on June 1st to open up their facilities a little bit more. So there was a chance that the Chiefs were going to have some employees in the building that hadn't been in the, in the building previously, but all behind the scenes stuff. Um, and they're allowed to open up their team stores and things like that. Some of the, the public facing things were starting to be able to open up. So We'll see how you know far the teams go with that, but yeah, there's the the, ne- the next problem the league is going to have with is well, there's twofold. Is that one? There's going to be some push from teams that live in areas where they may, may not still be allowed into their facilities. That there may be some local regulations in place that keep them from doing that. And the NFL has been pretty clear that they want to try and create a level playing field across the league. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they don't want to get in a situation where there's a you know one or more franchises that can't have their coaches or players in a facility and other teams can't. So that's one. The other is that, you know, and we saw this from, you know, the NFLPA president, JC Treader last week, um, when they were talking about the players coming back, says we haven't agreed to that. 
So, you know, it's that's not simply as, as a matter of the league saying and the team saying, OK, we're going to open up a facility for the players. It's going to be the players willing to do that. And, you know, there's going to have to be some negotiation there. I mean, it's it's going to be tricky. But, um, you know, I, I think that the NFLPA just wants to be heard. And I think the players want to know what the plan is and they want to feel safe. They want to know that they're not going to be penalized, that they're not there, maybe. Or if, you know, that there's an outbreak, anything that happens along the line, there's a plan for that. They just don't want to move too fast. They want to be part of the answer. They want to be part of the negotiation and, and the collaboration going forward. So I don't think the league is going to be able to do it unilaterally. They're going to have to do it in partnership with the players. And that may be the trickier part of all of this starting to reopen up. Yeah, I have a tendency to think that as well, because I know New York has said that they're going to allow teams to start uh, opening up. That was one of the states that we thought might hold back. I know a lot is going to hinge on California and whether those teams will be able to get in their facilities. But a lot of folks ask me about well, why does the union have anything to say about it? They missed this whole offseason. They're behind. Well, yeah, that's true. But as I understand it, and I, I want you to correct me, it's the language specific to activities. Yes, they've missed all that, but there's no there's no proclamation for doing any kind of anything in June as the way that the agreement currently stands, right? No, there's not. And you know, and, and you know, and the reality is is that, you know, from a union standpoint, I mean, there's there's nothing that really prohibits them from, you know, as a union saying that we're not going to go along with this at any point. I mean, there's there's some there's a lot of legal you know issues in there along the way. But if the NFL Players Association said to themselves, you know, we don't think it's safe for our players to be in training camps right now under normal circumstances, uh, they could certainly walk out over that. I mean, it's, it's, it's in the ballpark of possibilities. They don't have to go along with it. So that's it. And I, I don't think the, I don't get the sense that the NFL or any of the teams want this to be adversarial. So I believe that that you're going to see that negotiation. And I think you're going to see the, the NFL PA flex its muscles a little bit too. Just so that the NFL and the and the owners know that they want to be a, a at the table with this, um, but you know, and also it's easy to see the, the player standpoint because it's not just you know a matter of them going back to work; it's a matter of everything else. I mean, they've got their families that to worry about and all of this. Uh, we still don't know, you know, how it's going to work, and I, I and I still think that whatever the NFL does, it's going to be so much dependent on what we see with the other team sports over the next six weeks. Um, whether the MLB, NBA, NHL, whatever they do to put people back in the practices and facilities, anything of like that nature, a postseason, a playoff, tournament, whatever, and how that goes, it's definitely going to affect what the NFL does. I mean, I think at this point, the NFL is absolutely content to proceeding under the auspices that everything's going to be fine. But they also want to be able to adapt if they need to. But they want to see somebody else go first. And I think that's kind of what they're waiting for at this point. Well, and I think we just happen to cover a sport that is in the best of all positions, at least of sporting leagues in America. Uh, maybe some of the Europeans are in a better spot. But being the fact that it hit just as the season ended for them, they do have those guinea pig leagues that are going to have to do something to get their uh, you know, profitability back, the NBA in particular, but I know the NHL has talked about some things as well. I'm very interested in that to see, and I, I don't think it's a coincidence that they opened up uh, earlier for support staff so that particularly um, Rick Burkholder and his staff, uh, the athletic trainers can be in there, not necessarily team physicians, but I can foresee a, a way that you might have to have temperature checks to come to the building each morning. Uh, make sure that 
you're not bringing something in from outside. Again, uh, like you said, with families, if families are out and about, they're just easier to, to catch the thing, right? So you're talking about putting a player into a fishbowl in a locker room with everybody else. So it, there is no social distancing in a locker room. Do you think that that's likely the way that we're heading, or do you think that it's going to be a little less drastic? No, I think that's, I think that is the way that we're heading. And that's why I, I, you know, the NFL has made it a point to go in these phases where they're bringing back in people in these facilities slowly and limiting the numbers. Um, right now they're limiting it to 75 people in the building or 50%, um, which, which 75 being the max. They're probably going to increase that at some point once, especially the coaches start getting in the building. Um, that's when you'd want some other support people in there as well. So. They'll probably increase that max. And I could see them continuing to do that um, up until the players get there and that being the final phase. So I think they're going to continue this gradual step of every week or two making one more step forward. But I don't I don't think that they're in a situation for as, as much as you hear in discussions about in comparisons to like 2011 with the with the lockout um, and, and the injuries that players had that season, a lot of issues. And the concerns that the same thing may happen this year, that you may have guys getting hurt and just not being in the same condition as they should be. Yeah, that's a concern. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't know at this, this point that there's anything the league gains by really rushing the players back in the building, not taking their time, waiting until training camp. Because at this point, just, just as, with as little time as they have left, you know, right now we're at a point where Chiefs would be wrapping up their OTAs. And would really just have the one, you know, veteran mandatory minicamp left. And that's it. So, you know, is it coming back and bringing all these people in in a hurry for a three-day minicamp that big of a deal? I don't think they see it that way. Yeah, I, I can understand that, too. And, I mean, there will always be players that stand out. And I, I think we've seen from his social media presence that Tyreek Hill is working uh, quite hard. Oh, yeah. But I, I think it's a level playing field that everybody's been out. So they have to feel like they don't have to rush it because everybody's at the same disadvantage. There will be players like Tyreek that seem to uh, be be doing more to get ahead. Uh, and maybe, honestly, that plays into uh, the Chiefs' fortunes for 2020. But last thing that I want to ask you, just gut feeling. I know we haven't heard anything about it. I don't know if maybe you have that I haven't. Uh, thought on actually going away to camp, or do you think that this boils down to just staying at the facility this year? Well, it, it, the NFL, the Chiefs in particular, are moving full steam ahead, acting as though they are going to St. Joe. Um, but once again, it fits into everything else the NFL is doing right now, which is that they're proceeding as though everything's going to be normal and they're just planning to adjust as is. So I, I still, I, I don't think that the chief, the chances that the Chiefs are going to St. Joe is 100%. And I certainly think that the chances of there being fans in the stands in St. Joe is less than that. And the, the possibility that they just stay at Kansas City, stay at the facility for training camp is absolutely in play, too. Um, there's just there's nothing that's really an indication yet about which way they're going to go. I think they want I think the teams want to have a traditional training camp and they're willing to sacrifice the fans if they have to. But, you know, we we're far enough away that they've got plenty of time to decide what option they want to take. Yeah. Well, I'm very interested to see how it comes out, folks. We're going to have Matt back tomorrow, and we'll talk about some specifics about what's going on with this team, where this roster's going. But today was about getting ready for the setup, and that's exactly what the team's doing. So, Matt, thanks for all of your time today. Folks, make sure you check out Cheese Digest and get everything over there. I'll be back with you tomorrow, so thanks for listening to us today, and we'll talk to you then. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. 
Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com, where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.